Welcome to Entrepreneurhood, where we break entrepreneurship down into three simple pillars, business, lifestyle, and motivation. Our goal is to use our personal experiences as industry leaders to guide and inspire young entrepreneurs to see the lesson in every challenge. Because we understand that companies don't succeed, people do. Now, welcome the leaders of Entrepreneurhood, Lakeham and KB. Welcome to the neighborhood. You got your boy Lake Kim in the building, and I got my brother KB in the building with me. We on episode 16, and we decided to name this one Service First, Business Second. And the reason why KB wanted to choose this was he's been having a few experiences that he wants to share with our fellow entrepreneurs on things that we could do all together to make our businesses better. So, KB, What's the quarter today? And let the listeners know why we decided to choose this episode. The quarter today is instead of focusing on a competition, focus on your customers. And this was said by Scott Cook. It's definitely true. You need to know what your customers wants and needs before you can worry about the next man. And this topic is very important, man. Like it has really rubbed me the wrong way in these last couple of weeks. I've been experiencing phenomenal service and i've been experiencing terrible service at the same time (laughs) so it's a lot of emotions with this one but like a lot of people forget like as entrepreneurs we are you know the faces of our brand it's important that we have that customer service as well yeah and i feel like everyone has experienced good service and bad service and bad service travels faster than good service so it's so important for our entrepreneurs to focus on like giving your customers something good to talk about because the minute they don't like something, they're going to tell everybody about it. (laughs) That's a big fact. The main reason we chose episode is because entrepreneurs, we feel like as we gain more customer base and we generate more sales, we lose the quality of our service as we continue to grow our business. And we have to realize as business owners, we have to hold ourselves accountable to a certain standard and a certain quality. Yeah, it always starts good in the beginning. So it's just as we continue to grow, I think that's when the quality goes away. Yeah. Let's get into the problems, man. Just get to the people. I mean, the first one I'm big on is no rapport. People don't know what rapport is. For those who don't know, rapport is going beyond your job description and getting to know your customer and building that trust factor. Because the trust factor is what leads them to generate more sales and to continue to come to you because they feel comfortable with coming to you. Yeah. And in sales, what we call rapport is we call it CPR, right? And what CPR stands for is creating a personal relationship. And I feel like a lot of people, they just want to get the sale or they only care about the sale. And they forget about the relationship part, which is probably more important than the sale. Exactly. And that's such a a known factor, you know, in the sales world. But when it comes to young entrepreneurs that just started or they're doing anything, they don't realize that that's essential for your business to continue to grow. Because you don't want to be lit for now. And then a year or two from now, people are not messaging you because your service is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, they're going to experience it if they don't start off strong. So the second problem is just having a loss of quality. And what we mean a loss of quality is the way most entrepreneurs start is not the same way they continue. They start strong, 
But like as things start to increase, they start to taste a little bit of money and they start to fill themselves a little bit, then their quality decrease and it's a horrible thing, man. Yeah, people are more nice when you broke. <laughs> <laughs> Once you start getting some change in your pocket, you like, man, I don't even care. I don't got to do that one little thing I used to do. And, you know, you lose that. And that was probably the one little thing that won you over someone else. It's important to keep that quality, you know, standard. Don't try to cut corners and cheat your way out just because your business is lit now. Your orders is, you know, rushing through the door. Like, still keep that same consistency because... You know, that's going to lead to, you know, other business endeavors and more trust. Yeah. And I feel like to keep the quality high, like you said, if if a person's competitive advantage was them doing a nice follow up or sending a, a nice text message or whatever the case may be, and then they stop doing that, then they just become like everybody else. And that's a huge part of like losing quality in, in your service. Facts, bro. And the third problem is tardiness. <laughs> Dang. Now, this is one that, like, it shouldn't even be a known problem, but it is. Like, it's the elephant in the room. And when it comes to this, it, it makes you always think about, you know, high school with coach on a basketball team. It's like, <laughs> he, he would tell you straight like this. Like, if you're going to be late, it's fine. But if you don't let me know that you're late, it's a problem. But you know, if you're being late, you're not playing. You're not getting no playtime, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he would always say it's so nonchalant, but you just knew that there was going to be consequences and your teammates were going to hate you. Since then, it, yo, it made me take initiative because I remember one time at practice, I was supposed to go to practice, but I didn't tell him. And that was the worst day ever when I got there the next day. Because he was like, why you just tell me? But in your heart, you're like, yo, I don't even want to text him. I just want to just cave up and like make him, make him think he's going to forget about it. <laughs> he definitely did forget about it. And then from there on, I was like, nah, I'm taking initiative to everything I do. Whether I can't or I can't do it, I'm going to say, um, you know, what it is. Yeah, and I feel like Coach Rich, he instilled a lot of good qualities, uh, you know, while I was a young man trying to figure things out. And he's one of the first people to hold me accountable. So I feel like... As entrepreneurs, you know, just because you're in the game and you have people, you got multiple customers or clients or whatever the case may be, you can't forget to still be respectful and communicate with your people. So our entrepreneurs, we got a lot of things that we're going to give you some feedback on how we could, you know, help minimize our tardiness. So we could jump right into it. Let's kind of like talk from our personal experiences, you know, KB. So. When it comes to like the first problem is not building rapport. When I think of like not building rapport, man, I think of anyone who tries to convince me to buy something. And if I don't like you and, you know, you're not conversational, you're not like likable, I'm way less likely to engage in whatever you try and talk about. I have to feel like, you know, you understand me. And if you understand me, then I want to give you my business. But if you don't or I can't relate to you, I'm going to find someone else because there's probably someone else in the market that could understand me, make me feel more relatable. And I want to give them my business. Copy. So can you recall the last time where somebody just tried to you know, shove a, a product in your face and then build no rapport with you or even just hit you up on Instagram and ask you, yo, buy this 
<laughs> it goes back to like earlier in the year when I, I was car shopping. So when I was car shopping, you know, I wanted a luxury car. I wanted a really nice car and I uh, went to a, a bunch of different dealerships. So the first dealership I went to was the Benz dealership. And I was like, okay, cool. This is nice. But maybe this is kind of like outside of my price range. Let me see what else is out there. And then I decided to go to the Cadillac dealership because, you know, I had a Cadillac before. So that's what I was used to. I had a Cadillac for three years. So I went to the dealership and I was talking to like some white dude. And I, I was telling him like, hey, man, you know, so I got like, a good chunk of change and I'm willing to put a big deposit down, but I need to find a car of, you know, that fits my style. And I think instead of him asking me questions on like what I was looking for, I just told him I wanted it to be red. He was like, okay, red, come here. Let me show you this. Here's the red car. And then he just started asking me for my social. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Slow down, slow down, big fella. (laughs) And I'm like, you asking me for my social, you're not even trying to like really service me. You know, he yeah. was just trying to like get a sale and instantly I was like, yo, bro, get out of my face. I don't want to talk to you no more. And I went to the front desk and I was like, I need a different person. And then the lady was so shocked. But in my head, I'm about to spend a large amount of money and I want to yeah. feel like someone cares. And that's exactly what I was about to get at is one, you know, being informative when you build that rapport. And it's always the best feeling when you're somewhere where you're unaware of how things work. Say you order the number one and they'll tell you like, oh, you order number one. All right, you should actually get the number three because it'll be better for you and a better value based on what you want. That little initiative makes you feel welcome. and makes you feel like they're just not trying to take your money. They're just trying to help you make a decision. And I think that's the biggest thing with rapport people forget about is you want to help them cater into what they want, but also give them the best quality of it. Yeah. And to follow up on that, bro, I mean, long story short, I didn't end up buying a Cadillac. So (laughs) (laughs) the next person who came, he was a little bit more relatable and, you know, he made me uh, feel a little bit more comfortable. But then when I went for the test drive, I just didn't feel like, the Cadillac was the level up that I wanted. And then I went back to the Mercedes Benz dealership and the guy told me before I left the Benz dealership, he said, look, you could go test drive any car, but I guarantee you, you're going to come back here. And, you know, he spoke it into existence and I went back and I ended up getting the Benz one because I felt like it was a better product, but two was because I was able to relate to the, the salesperson more. And I felt like he was talking my language. Yeah, and that's big. And then now you will be able to refer someone else to the guy at Benz because he, you know, serves you well. And that's what we talking about. Serve first and business second. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? So like when it comes to like not building rapport, have you had any experiences where people were like just trying to push a service or a product on you and they didn't even try to get to know you? All the time, bro, in the DMs, they'll send something like, yo, post this, buy this, share this. It's like, yo, bro, you don't even say good morning. <laughs> Slow down. And I think that is so rude. And it's so like, I'm just, I'm a hard sell anyway. So it's like, bro, I don't even want what you're selling me. I don't need it, but you're not even making me interested. And I think a lot of times people jump the gun and just, yo, I know you or I see you do this, so it just makes sense that you want to be a part of it. Nah, it's not that simple. 
Like you have to build some type of rapport, spark a conversation. Talk about something I did or something of my interest to get me excited. Yeah, that's a big thing of like people, they miss it. You know, they miss that important part of business of trying to find if it's a good need for the person that they pitching it to. Because what I teach my sales team, bro, is I tell them like this, our goal isn't to sign up every single person we talk to. Our goal is to find a problem or create a problem for a customer, meaning like we want them to see a problem in the service that they're receiving. And once they either tell us that they have a problem or we create a problem in what they currently have, only then that's when the sale is made. That's what I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they forget that. And I see why your office is doing so well. (laughs) (laughs) And on my end, when it comes to rapport, the first session, Every time I train, I have to find out more intel about this particular client. Because one, I don't know you from anywhere. You came from Instagram, more likely, or you came from a referral. So I want to get to know you if I'm training with you. You could be you know, a serial killer or something I might not know. So <laughs> that's an exaggerated answer, but it's true. It's, you know, I want to know what type of person you are because I have a certain type of clientele. And I look at my clientele as like, you know, my nest is my team. I'm not letting anybody in here and they're going to try to ruin it. Because once you get that one cancer gene, it was spread. I'm not letting that happen. Team KB is my family, so I don't let anybody in this. <laughs> Yo, didn't you say something like you had a random call, I think the other day or earlier today, hey, hey, is this KB? Like like stuttering and, and whispering on the phone because they wanted to train with you. And it was just, you know, he didn't fit the criteria what you were looking for. Yeah, it was real skeptical phone call. I mean, I was happy that, you know, my business is appearing on Google. But, <laughs> you know, when it's on Google, anybody can, you know, find you and look it up and make a call. But it was just, yo, bro, you got to slow down. Because he was stuttering. He was speaking real fast. Like, he wanted to find where I was at at that very moment. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was real sketchy. So I had to kind of end the phone call quick and still be professional. But at the same time, I'm like... All right, I'll get back to you at another time. Yo, KB, if you look through your window, he might be watching you. (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't play those games. We don't play those games. (laughs) All right, and then I think the next one that we have on, you know, from just our experience, let's talk about a loss of quality. I think a loss of quality is a big thing that our entrepreneurs, we, you know, we forget, man, is we don't treat the last customer like how we treat the first customer. And I feel like, that's a big mistake. And I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes me, you know, I catch myself doing this. So in sales, we say the same thing to every single customer, how we start the day with our first pitch, right? The first customer we pitch, we always have like a great attitude. We smiling, we happy to get the day started. But by time customer number 45, been a long day. It's like, yeah, I'm saying the same thing, but my energy is in there. My level of enthusiasm is in there and customers could sense that. And that leads to lower sales. How do you tell your team to go about that to keep it fresh? It's very similar. Like what I said earlier is the same energy we have with customer number one, we need to have with customer number 45. And here's the reason why is because customer number 45, it's still their very first time ever seeing you. It's their very first time ever hearing anything that we have to say. So to us, we've said it 44 other times, but to them, this is their first time. So as entrepreneurs, 
what I think a lot of us, we struggle with is we get used to saying the same thing and having a repeat of different and new customers. And then we just tend to like not give them the same level of quality that we give the first customer of the day. That's a fact because when it comes to training, I like to keep my sessions fresh. So a lot of my old clients, they would try to jump ahead like, oh, he's going to make us do this and he's going to do this. And as soon as I hit that, I'll switch it as soon as, <laughs> as soon as possible. Because I'm like, yo, when I'm about to hit you with something different, and what I try to do is never have someone feel like, all right, yo, KB lost his touch, or the workouts are really not intense no more. It's not really, you know, beneficial. I'm not really seeing results. I hold myself accountable, and I try to be better than my last session. That's just the same mentality. No matter how many times I've trained in the last seven years, I never had one session that was exactly the same. Wow. When it comes to it, they were like, yo, you just made this in your head? I'm like, yeah, I create everything in my head. <laughs> That's what entrepreneurs do. Exactly. So when it comes to it, I always try to make sure that everybody has a great time. Whether you are a big beginner, intermediate, you are elite, I make sure you have a full, thorough workout. And I make sure you give you my time and I'm really fully engaged. Because I have times I've seen trainers, they'd be on their phone. It had their little clipboard in their hand and just check off certain things. <laughs> <laughs> I think when people, they just go on autopilot when they're doing something, they don't realize how big of an impact it has to the people that they're providing the service to. What about you? So like just on a daily basis, you know, you said that one of the big reasons of why you want to talk about this is just like some of the experiences you've been having, just like even in restaurants and stuff. What's been some of your experiences of why you feel like sometimes people, they do business first and then they service second? When the shop is supposed to open at 11, I get there at 12.15 and they take the chains off the door. <laughs> That's the type of experience I've been having where, you know, I ordered some slippers from my sister for her birthday and slippers, you know, it was dope when it came, but it took a month for them to come. And the person lives in the Bronx and I live in Queens. So for all our listeners, that's an hour drive. But why does it take 30 days to, to come to my door? <laughs> so this is the type of things I've been experiencing in the last two weeks. And it just, it's, it's flustering me because I'm giving off great customer service and I'm not receiving that. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy. That makes me think of like what coach Max said, our high school basketball coach. He would always say this. You think your stuff is wet like that, brother? You think your stuff is wet like that? And for our listeners, <laughs> when our coach used to say that to us, it was him referring to, oh, you think you got it like that. So yes. because you think you got it like that, you're going to change your actions. I think a lot of our entrepreneurs, they think their service is wet like that. When they have that level of attitude, they're only hurting their business long term. Yeah. And it's usually the people that's doing exceedingly well on the gram. And everybody's you know, demanding their, their product or their service. But when you go to get in contact with them, they have like, you know, not even a 40-hour window. They have like a one-week, two-week window of getting back to you. And that's just the inquiry. And when it comes down to the actual service, when you show up for the product or the service, it's not the same. Like you're waiting 30, 40 minutes and it's like you have something good, but the way you're going about it is pretty bad. And I think that's what hurts us as, as entrepreneurs. It plays a huge role. And when I hear that, it makes me think of like 
even my fiance. So, you know, she's making like badges for nurses and she prides herself on, I think very similar to you, she give herself a, a 48 hour window of once an order is made, she makes the, the product and she ships it out within 48 hours. Anytime she gets close to the deadline, she freaks out because she knew that she made a commitment to the the buyer that we will have your service shipped within 48 hours of the product being purchased. And I feel like if more entrepreneurs had that mindset of like, man, I feel like I got to honor my commitment. You know, you won't have to walk to a restaurant that's supposed to open <laughs> at at 11 and you see them just taking off the change at 1230. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. And that is actually the number three problem, which is tardiness. It's such of a big problem in our culture. And I, I looked it up to really figure out what it is. It says the top three problem in black businesses is time management. And when it comes to me, like my clients will know, like I'm sweating, I'm boiling. If I'm five minutes late, I'm letting everybody know I'm late beforehand around like 630. If I have a session at seven, I take pride in being on time and letting people know that if I'm going to be late, um, I'm let you know, I'm taking initiative. And I think that's such a huge part in who you are as a person, because all it takes is for you not communicate with your clients and instantly they just lose your trust and they lose the respect that they have for you. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, what we're saying throughout the episode is just because their sales are increasing, they feel like they have a pass to give less service or they have a pass to, I don't have to tell you when I'm going to be late. You just wait for me. Nah, like, yeah, you may get away with that one time, but if I feel like it's a habit, you're never going to get my dollars again. Their thoughts is, well, I mean, I don't care if I lose you as a customer. There's no longevity in that. That's a fact. I had one client and I asked her, you know, when I was doing my report, I was like, what made you want to switch? Because you said you had a trainer before. She was like, well, I just got tired of waiting him, you know, for an hour in the park. I said, you was waiting him for an hour in the park? <laughs> she was like, yeah, he just, you know, he showed up when he showed up and he just told me to do some laps until you get there. I said, what? Dang. Yeah. Hey, yo, I felt so baffled because I'm like, yo, I couldn't even do that. Like, I would lose my mind if I do that. I wouldn't wait for nobody an hour anyway. I barely wait 15 minutes of people late. An hour is crazy. There's a lot of people out there that are successful and they will say, oh, this person is good, but they're just not punctual. And I see that very often with entrepreneurs. One thing I learned from coach to go back, if you're going to come in late, you need to be running in late. <laughs> oh, if you come in late and you walk in, you on your phone, you talking on your phone, that's unacceptable. That's where we got to hold ourselves accountable certain standards of being on time because it's very important. Time is money. I think what a lot of entrepreneurs probably do is when they know they're going to be late, they just say, you know what? Screw it. I'm already late. What's If I'm five minutes late, what's 10 minutes? What would you say to an entrepreneur that if they say like, hey, I got a product I need to ship. It's one day late. All right. What's, you know, two days isn't any worse. Like, what would you tell an entrepreneur that has that kind of mindset? when they're providing a service or a product. That one day late will turn it into a loss of $500. The loss will turn into $1,000. The loss will turn into $10,000. It will be a trickle down effect because if you move like that and you get big enough, then your employees will move the same way. Or worse, they will even start stealing from you. Like, I'm just still one of these hats. He ain't gonna know. 
<laughs> you got five people still in one of your hats. Now you realize, yo, where's all this stuff going? Why is the sales decreasing? Same way, you know, positivity works, same way negativity works. So it's like you can't cut corners and cheat yourself like that because you're going to feel it some way or another. And I feel like that's very true. And I just want the entrepreneurs to know that tardiness may not seem like that big of an issue. And it's something that we all believe that we already know. But sometimes it's the little things that have the biggest impact because I know personally there are times that I know that I'm tardy in different things. But just like what you say is if I know something's coming up, I do my best to communicate and let a person know like, hey, I have a meeting that's going to run over and just realizing like how to effectively manage it. So I think that's the one thing I definitely want the entrepreneurs to understand. And if you try to be five minutes late on the stock market, you see how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, five minutes late in the stock market could literally cause thousands of dollars of net profit, bro. <laughs> when I started doing stocks, I learned the valuable of time and being attentive when you're supposed to. I already knew it before, but it just intensified like, hold on. Your word is bond. If your word is bond, then you got to stick by your word. So you want to be the person you want to receive the service from. And I feel like with an entrepreneur understanding that concept, that's going to help them become better. One of the things that I learned with being on time, I forgot who taught this to me, but it resonated with me. And it, you know, now I want to drive it home for other entrepreneurs, but it goes like this. Being on time is late. And if you're early, you're on time. I don't know. For some reason, growing up as a kid, no one's ever said that to me. You guys might have already heard that, but I'm guaranteed there's also some people that's never heard that before. So if tardiness is something that you're struggling with, try your best to be early. Give yourself enough time to uh, prepare for any kind of uncontrollable that might happen. That's one thing that I know for sure since I know I struggle with tardiness myself. That's actually a good aspect of it. Cause so when it comes down to the takeaways, we could give you guys some examples. We're not just going to tell y'all, you know, you guys the problems without giving you some help. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so this is an entrepreneurial huddle about. So one of the things that I do, I make a, a commitment. And well, the commitment is if I train at seven, I'm going to tell myself I train at 630. And I commit myself to being there already. And being prepared to get in the mind state. Because once you're in the mind state already before something happens, now you can come out with all the creative flows and creative juices and you can, you know, make it even better. I commit to being a better person and being on time. Yeah. And I think with just being on time, like I said, the number one rule for any entrepreneur that struggles with tardiness is just communicate. That's it. People, they don't mind bad news. They just don't like surprises. Just let a person know what's happening because people understand life happens. Now, as an entrepreneur, you can't use that excuse every time because at the end of the day, you're providing a service. The number one rule is communicate. Another one that I got is ask for feedback. And this is something I started doing a couple years ago. Like my clients think I'm joking, but I really ask them like, yo, what did you think about the workout? And most of the time they say death, torture, <laughs> something along those lines. But I'm like, no, like, what did you feel was the hardest part? Like, what do you feel like was the easiest? What do you feel like you're getting better at? And they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. I really ask for their feedback about how it is. I could be, you know, have a big ego, like, all right, I got them sore. I got them hurting. But it don't take much for a woman to complain. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just want to know what kind of workouts are you providing for your clientele if the feedback they're saying is death and, and torture? Team KB, I need y'all to, like, let me know what's going on in these workouts. I ask myself that every day, like, am I a mortician or I'm a trainer? <laughs> because that's all I hear. But I do genuinely ask for their feedback, and they do tell them. And then when, you know, they are doing good, I also give them feedback. Like, yo, you actually doing good today. And I see that you're working on this. I don't just be, you know, hard-nosed on them all the time. I actually tell them when they're doing, you know, positive things. to give positive affirmation. Yep. And I feel like to go back to the number one problem that we said, and one of my biggest solutions with, like, not building rapport is I say CPR is everything. And again, if anyone didn't catch it the first time, CPR stands for creating a personal relationship. So I think that when you're trying to provide a service for someone and you know that good service leads to more business, get to know the people you're selling to. Get to know the people that you're providing a service to because the more you know about the people you're providing a service to, the better of an executor you will be and the more returning customers you're going to create. I just want every entrepreneur listening to realize I got to create a personal relationship if I want longevity in business. And that goes exactly along with my next key point is thinking long term. Because if you're an entrepreneur, you know you're excelling at one business, then that means another one is coming right up. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have that trust factor and that rapport from that first business, they're already going to trust you for the second one. Even if it's not up to par, they're going to be willing to try it out. And that's why you want to think long term and not just get over on people or just get their money. You want to get their trust and that relationship because you want you lead them to the next business, you will be successful. And it's just like episode 14 where we interviewed Malik, Dr. Guapo. And it's crazy because he has two companies, you know, what Savage Ruthless and Swagrag, right? Yeah. And it's crazy because he's now starting his sunglasses company. And it's crazy because I guarantee you, most of his clientele that supports his other business, instantly they're going to show him love for the third company he's starting because he has a proven track record of the relationship, the quality, and everything he offers. That's the way to do it. It's like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you know you're not one-sided. And it's like, you have more ideas in the bag. People trust you with this one product and service. You can be able to pull out mad stuff out the bag and people are going to already latch on to it before they even see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I feel like in the last solution that you know we have is with the loss of quality. So with the loss of quality, my solution for all the entrepreneurs is just like this. Treat your last customer just like your first customer. KB and I, we were talking about one of our boys in high school. He was in the eBay game with us. And when we say he was in it business first, customers never, (laughs) that was his philosophy. When I said all he cared about was money, he didn't care about the review. He didn't care about how the product was when it got there. He just wanted to make a sale and we love him to death, but he just has made a lot of business first decisions. And because of that, now he doesn't have any reoccurring customers in that business venture we were doing in high school. It's so important, man, is no matter what customer it is, what KB and I was talking about earlier is customer 45 
needs to feel the same way that customer one felt. And if as entrepreneurs, we could recreate that experience, yo, your business is going to be booming. For a fact, because as you keep going, you'll learn about, you know, all the different things that comes with it as far as the different rejections. As you keep going, people will talk about your business. So you don't want to offer something, you know, to your first 10 customers. And by the time you get to 45, it's like, yo, I came to you because such and such told me you offered this. You don't offer it anymore. And that's going to cause a problem far as in they're going to feel like they're missing out on some service. And that's going to cause a problem where now it's not consistent. When you have no consistent service, you're not going to have reoccurring customers. That's so true. So true. So I try to offer, you know, everything that I've been doing from the beginning, because when you're beginning, you're hungry. You want to get your name out there. You want to do everything you can just to get people in the building. And after you get people in the building, you're like, I don't even care no more. I don't want, I ain't want to do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and my next solution for people to focus on a service is gratitude. Being thankful. Because like I said, that first customer, you're so appreciative. Like when I got my first $20 for training for doing three sessions, <laughs> I literally cried. I got paid to do something I love. And I still feel that way now when people send me payments and they'll pay me for, you know, a month in advance or I pay for a certain session. I always say thank you. I always show gratitude because like I'm still doing something I love, even though it's a more intricate business than what it was before. I'm still grateful. And I still show that, you know, I'm thankful for you doing this. And I'm like, oh, thank you for, for serving me. So it's just vice versa in a mutual relationship. That's crazy, man. And I think that's what entrepreneurhood is all about is progress because, you know, every time you refer back to those humble beginnings of those hard sessions for 20 bucks, it shows development, it shows growth. And then the fact that you still have an attitude of gratitude, so many entrepreneurs, they lack that. I hope our entrepreneurs find a way to implement what you just said, because that was money, man. A simple thank you will make a customer come back to you. A simple a thank you text message, a thank you call, a follow-up call to say, hey, man, I just want to say, did you enjoy that? Any feedback you have that I can make your experience better the next time? And a customer is like, wow, like I've never had a trainer do that. Or I've never had someone in sales follow up with me the way you did. It's game off. They're going to be a lifelong customer because of that simple thank you. It's all part of the, the puzzle, bro, because I look like this. The more people I train and more trust I have, those are the same people, you know, I want to buy the house for. You know, I want to be their realtor for. Those are the same people I want to talk to about entrepreneurhood that check out our episodes and share it. It's all part of the process. Like everything is a big puzzle. When there's a missing piece of service, things are not going to connect. That's true. I can't relate and agree with you more. What would you say, man, is some of the final takeaways? Because I think my takeaway that I got is I just want all of our entrepreneurs out there to understand the reason why we said service first, business second is that got to be the mindset if you want longevity. If you just in it for a quick dollar, then do the opposite of everything that we telling you. You have a person to buy from you and they'll never come back. But I don't think none of our entrepreneurs, they want that. You said it best in a lot of the different episodes, KB. How you say? I'd rather have the same customer 100 times than 10 different customers. Yeah, man. Like That's just powerful. And that's what I want our entrepreneurs to remember. Because if we focus on service first, business second, you're going to have longevity. All I want my entrepreneurs 
to understand is that servicing is the missing element of a lot of our businesses and is very essential because if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have more than one business. So if they trust you with the first business, most likely they're going to do the second business. And when you're selling to people, you don't really want to sell them. You just want to help them make a decision, be informative, give them examples, crack a joke with them, make them laugh, make them smile during the process because they're going to remember how you made them felt in the transaction. And we know word of mouth is the biggest form of advertisement. So it's the same way. The word of rumor can be the form of loss. Negative news always travels faster than positive news. So I want you guys to really utilize and also put different standards of quality for yourself, for your business. Literally write it down, how to go about it. Serve first, business second, entrepreneurhood. Anyone can start, but only champions finish. Now that you've completed this episode, you're ready to continue your journey by connecting directly with our hosts of Entrepreneurhood. Follow us on Instagram at The Entrepreneurhood to stay updated with the community. For each episode, the first set of listeners to tag us on Instagram and leave a five-star review will be entered into a drawing to get a free one-on-one coaching session on the topic of entrepreneurship with our hosts. Remember, there is no shame in struggling because we fail, we grow, and we win right here on Entrepreneurhood.